Hi, Jason here with a quick programming note. There will not be an episode of the 515 next week as we're welcoming our new senior pastor, Reverend Scott Dornbush, and next Sunday will be his introductory sermon, which you can hear on this very podcast channel. And speaking of which, we're also spinning the 515 off onto its own channel, which you can find by searching the Apple, Google, or Podbean uh, podcast apps. Just search for Kingwood UMC, and you'll see the tradition sermon series on this channel, and also new channels set up for the Vine sermons and for the 515 podcast. We'll hope you add them all to your podcast feed and keep listening while you're in the car, uh, out and about on your earbuds, or however you choose to listen. We really appreciate your taking the time to join us each week, and we can't wait to get back to our regular schedule in two weeks. As always, thanks for downloading. Hello and welcome to the 515 podcast. This is episode 16. Uh, I'm Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon. How are you doing this afternoon, John? I'm doing fantastic. That is awesome. I say that very repetitively, but I mean it every single time. <laughs> yes. I'm going to change it up one of these days. Um, we are here today to conclude the uh, Out of Context series, mm-hmm. um, but also we have another kind of special occasion. Yeah. So, John, I'm going to throw it to you, and why don't you go ahead and, and take it from here? Yeah, so with us, we got um, our new senior pastor, Reverend Scott Dornbush. Scott, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. There you go. Um, and I'll let you get to know him a little bit in just a minute. Um, I thought since uh, we have the honor of chatting with Scott today, it'd also be a, a cool opportunity to, to kind of talk about where 515 came from and how we got to this, um, as well as introducing Scott to the 515 yeah, podcast. Exactly. And so the 515 podcast came out of, as many of y'all would know, the 515 uh, Vine worship service that we had on Saturday nights for mm-hmm. a while, for about a year. Um, and it was a 515 is why the name was called that. Um, but really that service, uh, it didn't last just because attendance, it just wasn't the right time for it. Yeah. Um, but what came out of it was an incredible energy around discussing how our faith uh, shapes how we live, um, live during the week and how it shapes our families and our callings and our workplaces and, and those sorts of things. And so when we started praying about what's the extension from this, what has God done through this ministry um, that maybe is going to carry on in a different way? Mm-hmm. And that's where we landed on the 515 podcast. And so it's a way for us um, during, after a Sunday for us to engage with what the church has been working through on Sunday mornings and, and through sermon series and things like that and ask questions about, okay, if this is where we're at, then how does this affect me during the week? And so when you're hearing this on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, um, as you're driving to work, you're thinking through, still processing what the Lord may be teaching you. And so, um, and a lot of times uh, preachers don't get to get everything in a sermon they want to, or they're not able to really bring it to the practical side as much as we want to. Um, There's so much that goes on there. And so Jason, you being with us and other questions that we get from listeners helps us to be able to do that. And and we want discipleship to take place more than just Sunday mornings. And so this is another way to do that. So Scott, that's kind of where we're at and how we've gotten to this 16 episodes in. It's been a learning journey and uh, we're having fun with it and hopefully people are are benefiting from it. So that's where we're at. Scott, welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, golly, I've uh, been a United Methodist pastor. for almost 30 years, which is hard to believe, not quite 28 years, uh, but for 30 years. Originally, I'm from South Dakota, Aberdeen, South Dakota. Uh, proud of my roots. Um, went to uh, Dakota Wesleyan University in Mitchell, South Dakota. Pride of the Prairie in Mitchell, South Dakota, <laughs> they called it. Um, I moved to uh, Texas after graduating in 1985 and 
and worked with a not-for-profit corporation up in Bedford called Celebration Shop, and I was basically a, a booking agent uh, and fundraiser for a, a guy that was a songwriter and storyteller, a Christian folk singer. Um, and if some of you uh, listen to this may be old enough to remember, but in 1980. 85, 86, the uh, banking and real estate markets collapsed in, uh, in Texas, and all of a sudden I, f I found myself working for, for a not-for-profit corporation whose profits dried up. So oh, I, was, wow, I was out of work about three months later, and it was either uh, turn tail and go home to mom and dad in South Dakota mm -hmm. or uh, stick it out here. And I ended up uh, getting hired as a, a youth director up at First Methodist Church in Sherman, Texas. Mm. Um, and I, I did that for a year and a half and, and then began seminary at, at Perkins School of Theology at Southern Methodist University. While I lived in Sherman, the best thing outside of youth ministry, which I enjoyed, was uh, meeting my uh, wife, Penny. Um, and uh, we got married uh, a couple years later. And, and to our blessed union, we've had two boys that have been added uh, now quite some time back. Uh, Nathan is 22 years old, and, and Nicholas is 20 years old. And uh, we, we had a family via adoption. Both of our boys were adopted. And, and sometime I may have a chance to share that testimony in, in church or in, uh, you know, with the podcast about the neat way God worked through the church and, and through that adoption. But hmm. um We've, uh, we've been blessed with a family, and I've been blessed to pastor and lead in the church. I love the church, and uh, I love Jesus, and, and uh, so I'm looking forward to being in ministry in the, in the years ahead uh, with this congregation, this community. That's really great. Uh, so Scott and I's paths have crossed in some different ways. Nathan, I, I was a counselor for Nathan at church camp. Yeah. Uh, years oh, yeah. ago. And That's so right. when I went over to help Scott move some boxes, we're like, we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was really cool. And it was neat. And, and Nicholas knew Clint uh, yeah. from church camp too. Wow. And here's the scary thing for my wife. My wife looked at John Wayne and said, we know each other from someplace. And they started talking about church camp at Lakeview. Yeah. And for the first time, my wife said, oh my goodness, I was the camp nurse and you were a camper. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was, it was yeah. like That's Penny right. coming to terms That's that we right. have been around in yeah. the church for a while longer yeah. oh, and, and that we're on the, the uh, more mature side <laughs> of the age limit. So uh, anyway. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, Scott. Thank you for so, uh, so much for being here with us oh, today. You bet. You bet. Um, I'm looking forward to, to serving with you and excited about what God's got in store for us in this uh, new chapter and, and mm -hmm. next stage in, in the life of KUMC. So it's going to be fun and, and really looking forward to it. So in light of what 515 podcast is about. I, I was thinking about this question and what to kind of engage with you today on. And the question that kind of comes to me is a way for you to cast some vision and to share uh, your heart for ministry is to talk about um, how faith uh, intersects with um, culture. Um, as we see around what's going on in around the United States with mainline decline and how uh, the church is struggling in many different areas, though sometimes we're shielded from that in our context at KMC, yeah. um, we kind of miss what's going on out in the world, but it is, it's happening. Um, sure. And we see that faith and, and church are, are, have been excluded from each other, that really cult, culture doesn't yeah. really care about what's going on in the yeah, church anymore. Exactly. It's not that they're, it's not persecution, like as we see around the world as much. I mean, I guess you can make the case, but it's really, it's 
just don't care about what, what the church is doing and what's going on with the church. So, Scott, I ask you, how can the church, how can we as a church continue to be a presence of God's kingdom in a world that's sort of apathetic to us? You know, I, I think that that is a great question. And I think oftentimes we, we conceive of the question wrong. Uh, for those of us who love the church and loyal to the church, we don't want to see the church die. Right. And our numbers are, are going down rapidly. Our influence in, in on the national arena has almost disappeared. I mean, the behavior we see on either side of the aisle in Washington, D.C., would not be occurring if we were truly a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. There was a day and an age when we were the the driving influence in this nation. Mm-hmm. We lost it. We fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we kind of sat back and, and took it for granted. Um, I had a preacher friend of mine give me a great quote a, a couple weeks ago. He said, we have allowed the church to grow old, fat, and lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we took it for granted for too long and, and hence have lost our influence. Um, but I think we often frame that question out of concern for the future of the church, that in a time of the declining influence and the decline of the main line, um, what are we going to do to survive? Yeah. Okay. And and the focus for the church really doesn't need to be about self preservation as much as it does need to be about proclamation in both word and deed Mm. of what God's revealed himself in Jesus Christ. Uh, The greatest witness we can have in the world is that by the distinctive nature with which we live our lives, how we love one another, how we forgive one another, how this community of so diverse a group of people can yet be united, it's that very testimony that that, that to a world that's looking for meaning hopefully can somehow look at us and say, what is it about those Jesus people? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that our issue so much isn't about reversing the decline for self-preservation as it is about faithfulness so that people might have to wrestle with the presence of God in the world. Does that make sense? It, do, it does. It speaks to me because you're talking about um, rather than, we're kind of reversing our approach, right? Rather than t- thinking about survival mode of an institution, we're returning to a, this proclamation of God is something that crosses boundaries, crosses all kinds of difficulties and obstacles that we believe that the power of Jesus Christ can can again return us to um, this place where uh, we can sit together and be united um, in, in, by the power of the Holy Spirit and so I think that that speaks in some cool ways and it helps for us to reverse kind of how do we let's quit hanging on to this so hard that we miss some of the great opportunities that may be created in a new and fresh way. Yeah, and it's in our Wesleyan roots, right? Mm-hmm. We see Wesley, um, when the institution's not getting it right, to go back to uh, what's the central message of who we are and what's important. And we begin sharing that message in, in coal mining fields and at bars and Absolutely. things like that. And Absolutely. so you, you see that movement as well in our roots. So I think that's really cool. And mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you, uh, Scott, since we're doing this out of context series and we, we just closed this out um, this past Sunday, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We wrestled with this this actually kind of a quote that doesn't really apply to anything in scripture that God will never give you more than you can handle. Um, and and really that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And so I hope that if you weren't with us Sunday, check out the sermon podcast and hear some of that going on. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10 actually talks about um, 
idolatry all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. Paul is warning the church in Corinth to not um, fall into the same traps that the Israelites had over the history. And we won't go into all of that, but he's referencing Exodus and Numbers and when the Israelites are are quickly forgetting the God that brought them out of slavery, that rescued them and replacing him with material things or, um, you know, uh, lustful things Mm -hmm. or uh, lustful pursuits or satisfactions that are short-lived. Or they're grumbling about not having comfort and food. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the right food anymore, right? I'm sick of this manna. So with all of that said, we live in a time where uh, we're not falling into traps of golden calves and having to worry about manna right now. So Scott, if that's the case, then where where does idolatry um, uh, rear its ugly head up in our life and experience itself to us? Sure, and and idolatry for those that that might be hearing that word and thinking, what in the world does that mean? I mean, idolatry is essentially putting something before God or making something your God, and and it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, John Wayne about. Uh, having lost significant influence in culture, people seek meaning in different ways and in different areas and in different places. Uh, there are those that seek it through success in business. There are those who, who seek it through success financially. There are those who, who do indeed uh, seek it through their sexual exploits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it gives them a sense of, of greatness and it becomes the focus of their life uh, when, when, in a sense, as Christians, our response to idolatry, and, and we, we can slip into it ourselves, putting something before God. Uh, I mean, it, it, for preachers, we have a higher, much higher than necessary need to be liked than more than 90% of the general population. So our right. temptation is to, instead of being faithful to God, is let's keep the church happy. That's exactly right. You know, and so, so uh, popularity or people liking us can become an idol to us. So there's a variety of things. And, and idolatry begins when we put our faith, our desire, and our trust in something else to give us meaning rather than God. I think the Christian uh, uh, way of life that, that challenges that is, um, you know, by seeking God daily, by humbling ourselves, by, by realizing that we're not perfect, by confessing, by... Uh, trying to live differently by having Christian brothers and sisters that we can yeah. discuss yeah. things with. And, and, and I, I think one of the big things in America is the way we lose our money yeah. or the way we use our money, <laughs> yeah. I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that tends to be a, a tracking for success. You hear all the, uh, the stuff in the, the media today about business conflicts and politics and it's people misusing their lives to leverage favor for themselves when the very premise of the gospel is about living our life for others and our love for God. So yeah. uh, vari- variety of things can become idols. Anything that we put uh, before, before God. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. A couple of things that I was just thinking about that um, one was I was reading some of the early church fathers and talking about the passions that attack our souls, like yeah. the passions that attack our mind. And one of them is pride and pride leads to that idolatry mm-hmm. where and, and the cool thing, the reason I want to bring that up is because it's a 
it's something that as the church fathers talk about, it's something that f- fights against us with deception like every day. And so not being connected to the source of life, to God, yes. um, we start to fall into that deception yeah. um, pretty easily without even knowing. When things are good, I'm not worried about um, what else is going on. And pride begins to set in really easily and slowly. And the second thing that I grab onto is community is so important. That's why yes. we talk about that, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, brothers and sisters that are helping point our eyes towards what what's important. To, that we can process things and talk through things and, and that we can be vulnerable with each other um, so that, uh, man, I'm, I'm thankful for the guys that I can look at and they can ask me questions about how I'm treating my wife and, mm-hmm. and what's going on in our life and, and how I'm pursuing the Lord. So I think that's, that's really important. Mm-hmm. And, and it also, John Wayne, I'm glad you mentioned the importance of community because community oftentimes in our discussion and shared faith corrects um, misinterpretations or uh, yeah. false thoughts about faith. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me say, because I think one of the best witnesses we as Christians can make is, is in our families. Okay? Yeah. And, and Scripture can be interpreted or I, I think misused in such a way uh, for the family when to, to put the man in a strict relationship over and above the woman. Okay. And so our marriages reflect that. And and there are families that function that way. But, but what I think Christian uh, teaching lifts up in the new Testament is this mutuality between husband and wife, this mutual love that the, the, the wife is, is called to love and honor the husband as Christ is head of the church, but that the, the husband is able to love the wife as Christ did the church. And we remember that Christ gave his life for the church. And so it's this mutual love that people can see. And, and so I think that's a, a practical way we as Christians, and, and let me tell you, there aren't any experts in marriage, there aren't any experts in parenting, just veterans. Okay? <laughs> and, and so we're all going to make mistakes, but when we do, we forgive and love each other as Christians do, and, and we get up and, and learn from the mistakes and, and go on. Um, but the Christian way of life is a distinct and unique way of life. Um, we may have people look at us think we're a little bit different. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are. We're yeah. called to be different. Yeah, we're peculiar people. We are We need to be comfortable people. with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I can yeah. affirm that, John Wayne. You're very peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in here checking out my office and looking at all the weird stuff around here. So, Jason, how's this, how's this resonating with you? Any questions or anything that you have for us? Um, I was taking notes during the sermon, and every time I'd finish writing one of my questions, you would answer it. So I was like, man, this podcast is going to be super short, because all of my questions um, kind of kind of got taken care of for me. Uh, but it, when we were just talking, um, I, I, was, I was thinking back to that community thing and how um, too, many, too many times I think, you know, we're like at work, mm-hmm. we find that we have kind of a fear of having to defend our faith to people, because it's so common for... Uh, I mean, you just look online at whatever anybody's talking about on the internet. It's usually not religion and, and faith. Yeah, it's about all the other cool stuff—the iPads and the phones right. and, and the different things that the making fun of the politicians uh, yeah. because they they deserve it a lot of times. But yeah. um, but too often, you know, they, people will say, "Well, you know, I don't really need God because I can be good on my own and I can mm-hmm. do good things for people. Mm-hmm. I don't need this whole other thing mm-hmm. telling me I need to do it." And then that kind of can turn its way towards, you know, why do you think it's such a big deal, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe Mm -hmm. I can ask, um, 
why do you think, or what's a good answer for someone like me to to have prepared? I don't even want to say prepared because that sounds like it's a canned response. <laughs> yeah. You know that you're you're trying to just rip somebody like that. But you know, what, what, what do you think um, you could say to the listener for kind of to allay that fear? Mm. of feeling like they've got to be yeah uh, have just the right quip or come back or well i think i think we, we talked about this actually as we're doing sermon planning for a series that's coming up so i'm excited about that but i think one of the one of the quick ways that i always tell people i love the scene um this visual of thomas not not wanting to get too excited about this prospect of jesus <laughs> being resurrected mm-hmm. right and jesus coming and showing thomas his, his scars mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that's where he believes and i think some sometimes we as christians are called to show people our scars mm. to show those places where the lord has healed us and to to say i, I don't i don't i maybe don't know exactly what you're going through or what's what's going on in your life but I, I've, I've experienced a God who mm-hmm. can heal and who can resurrect mm-hmm. and who can um, can bring peace and chaos and things like that. And so that's always like a like a easy way for me to relate to other people to talk about, man, I know that life is difficult and we've gone through some other things. And so that's always an easy yeah. one for me. It's a, it's a come and see invitation like what we were it talking is. about, right? Yeah. Um, that there's more to life uh, mm-hmm. than what mm-hmm. you're walking through. And, and I hope that you be open to that. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be my quick answer. You have anything to add to that, Scott? Well, I would just, you know, um, I think the the hard thing is is consistency in in life and and as a disciple as a Christian we we need to try to be consistent mm. and 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 so if people are already looking at us saying boy you're a little bit different and uh, and and if we continue uh, down that path and it demonstrates a consistency that 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 our lives there is something more to life yeah and the more to life is is not necessarily living it like everybody else you know part of me as a pastor I've learned over the years sometimes I don't have to defend God uh, but just continue to try to to follow God and the, the people will see that you know Penny and I talked in in our last church when we were when we were leaving. Uh, several of the guys came up and told me point blank, they said, thank you because you saved my marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, one of the guys I had uh, done marriage counseling with, he and his wife, mm-hmm. and, and was a part of healing that marriage, there were several guys that came up that said that, that I had never discussed their marriage with them. Oh, wow. And what Penny and I, as I talked, I said, honey, I don't understand this. <laughs> And what she said is, is, Scott, it's not anything you did, but it's what they saw. It's, it's how they saw that we interact and how we love each other. And in them observing that, um, it, it challenged them and, and it changed them. Okay, not to say I'm the best husband in the world, <laughs> right, okay, right. but as compared to the offerings on the street a lot of times yeah. and, and that stuff. And so it is to say, again, the consistency of a life lived sometimes speaks its own sermon, and sometimes we don't have to defend God. Uh, we do that as preachers yeah, all the time, yeah. called apologetics, yeah. but sometimes we just got to live our lives. So Yeah, I mean, Jason, like if, if a, a huge work deadline's coming up and everyone else is losing their minds, but you have a piece about you, yes. you know, I mean, yeah. that's an example yeah, about, about how, how are we living in our relationships? How are we treating people? Um, my wife works with a whole bunch of, of women, and so we always talk, they, we joke about uh, when others are, are talking about each other, like how yes. are we, how are we yeah. doing that? It happens at church, right? It happens on yeah, the church right. 
right? Yeah, sure. And so how are we, um, are we, are we living with integrity and in the way that God's called us to? So yeah, cool. Good. good question. Great, uh, great conversation. Absolutely. I think, I think this is good. We could put a bow on it. Uh, Scott, last closing thoughts, anything you want to tell our folks about what's coming up, um, this Sunday sermon or, uh, where, what you're excited about for the church and oh, there's, there's a lot of things I'm excited about. I'm, I'm still kind of soaring above getting the, the big picture. It's, uh, <laughs> Kingwood's an amazing church with, uh, Amazing uh, history of faith and generosity. I, I'm excited for this Sunday. It's it's uh, got to preach and share a sermon with Jim a couple weeks ago, um, but this will be my first uh, kind of inaugural sermon yeah. with the mm-hmm. church on Sunday. And we're we're actually uh, going to be live streaming so that that the sermons played in all venues. Yeah. So if you have an opportunity to join us on campus, we'd love to have you visit us at one of the services on Sunday morning. Uh, but but this is an inaugural sermon, and, and what I want to do is talk about our ministry together. And uh, I've uh, been working on this sermon, as you can imagine, for a couple sure. weeks and, and still putting finishing touches on it. Sure. But, um, <clears throat> some things that, that I, th- I think reflect the state of culture we're in America, the, the challenge to the church in general in this country and the challenge to us and uh, how we'll live faithfully in addressing those. So, cool. so I'm looking forward to Sunday, looking forward to getting to know and love this congregation more, and I sure hope you guys like and learn to love me. Awesome. That's great. All right, friends. Uh, one last announcement that I want to put before you. We're starting a new channel for the 515 podcast, and so um, you, you'll, this episode will be on both channels, just to get it right, but starting next week, when you open your podcast app and search for Kingwood UMC, there will be a channel for the traditional service for the Vine service and for the 515 podcast that helps us so you're not getting a million of those sermons in one screen and you can be able to follow the ones that that you're looking for and so we just hope that that's helpful for you always we're open for feedback so uh, check in with us um, email me or uh, anyway on social media anyway you can get to us we love to hear from you all right friends thank you so much thanks jason thanks scott hey good to meet you all all right